Hey guys, welcome to the Jungle Brothers podcast. I'm your host, Joey, and today I'm joined by JB Dills, also known as Dylan Butcher, the gym manager here at Jungle Botany, to talk about how we turned him from a member into the ultimate gym manager. Oh, and before we get into the show, I wanted to appeal to you. If you enjoy this podcast, the greatest gift that you could give us is to share it with a friend and to leave us a five-star rating on whichever platform you listen to it. So Spotify, Apple Podcasts, give us the five stars. That helps to support the show. And just share the episode with a friend. Let them know, hey, I'm digging this show. I hope you might like it too. We would really appreciate it. Let's get into the episode. How are you, man? Hey, man, I'm good. How are you? Good, bro. Lovely to have you here. Lovely to be here. Taking some time out of the busy day to speak to the people. Yeah, I was surprised, actually. I thought given the Christmas party tomorrow night mm. and the relative epic nature of it, as it is every year, um, I was surprised you could make the time today. Yeah, well, thankfully, once we, we made the decision on the venue and decided to have it in the gym, everything started to move pretty smoothly. So we, we've been left with a little bit more time not taking into account the writing of my speech, which I was telling you I've had a little bit of writer's block on. Everything's going pretty well. <laughs> you reckon the speech will be like a hustling it out kind of somewhere off to the side? It's getting there. Before? It's getting there. I can't do that, man. Last minute, it would just play with my mind the whole time. I can't go uh, off the cuff. But um, yeah, I've, I've done, I think, a first draft now. So it's just whittling it down. We're just talking about the Ernest Hemingway quote first draft of everything is shit so <laughs> i gotta wade through the shit now yeah absolutely um you write it word for word or do you kind of give yourself points and work off that uh i've done both in the past this one i just started with some verbal diarrhea and i'm just getting out what i can and then i'll condense it based off a few points that i want to get across as well yeah cool yeah um, and tell me, you know, more so for the people, what's the, what's the plan with the party? What's going down? Yeah. Who's on board? Yeah, yeah. So we've got a, a mix of DJs coming into the gym. If you haven't seen the physical space here as well, we've got an epic little warehouse in Botany. So we're going to be decking it out. The, the theme of the event is what happens in Vegas stays in Vegas. So we've got, uh, don't want to give too much away until tomorrow, but we've got some real cool set dressing coming in. We've got some nice cocktails being made. We've got one drop sorting us out with some booze. We've got Burgerhead doing food. And then three or four members are doing DJ sets on the night as well. Fucking cool. Yeah. How, what's Burgerhead doing? Are they making stuff and then dropping it in? Yeah. Yep. So they're going to bring it down. I've built a little relationship with the manager here. So he's going to hook us up and he's going to bring down batches throughout the night of burgers and stuff. Oh, that's so good. Yeah. Well played, man. Thank you. Yeah. I'm really, I'm excited for that. I'm excited. Food's always a tough one at, at like parties. Dude, there's always someone who's not happy, but you can just do what you can do, right? Yeah, but it's even more so than that. I find it's, it's just hard to, to organize something. Mm. Like if you have it in a venue that has a kitchen and they do food, then that's great. Yeah. <clears throat> it's pretty easy, but like... Whenever we've had it at the gym before, it's like, oh, we'll, we'll get someone in and we'll, we'll barbecue some stuff and we'll make some salads. It's a fucking huge job. Yeah. you got 100 plus people. Like it's, it's a shit fight normally. Yeah. It, yeah. It's even with the burger head stuff happening, there's still like loose ends that have to be tied up, uh, some vegetarian alternatives and stuff like that. So there is still some work, but 100%. If you're hosting a thing and you've got 100 plus people, you don't realize how much work goes into it until you're forced into the trenches and you're having to do those small things and make those decisions. 
Now, being a man who is ahead of the, uh, uh, I guess, you don't like to leave things last minute. Mm. You got your costume organized? Yeah, bro. Can you give anything away or is it top secret? I, it involves a key. Mm. Yeah. A key. A key. Okay. That's all I'll say. Right on. I think when people see photos, it'll make more sense. Um, yep. It's definitely not PG rated. Right on. I'll say that much yeah. as well. Yeah. Um, we like to party and this costume is a, is a direct show of that liking of partying. Okay. Yeah. And nice. An homage to partying, if you will. Yes. <laughs> Sick. Sick, man. Um, all right. So that's tomorrow night. Um, talk to me about this journey of yours. I was thinking about when we were discussing this topic earlier uh, and it made me think of Universal Soldier where like the uh, the military create like the ultimate soldier <laughs> and they build them exactly to their specifications <laughs> and the, you know they're killing machines follow orders in a way you're the universal soldier of jungle botany fuck yeah <laughs> I'll take that title that's awesome <laughs> I mean the, the the premise here is the the fact that you came into the gym as a member yep and you came here for the training and that's where you know that was the beginning of your journey and then it's now at a point where you run the place and you're talking about buying in mm. and how you can be you know working towards helping with the alliance and all those things um let's go there tell me about tell me about what tell me about what that's been like for you man it's been it's been insane right um i was having a think about this the other day obviously coming up to the christmas party a lot of reflections happen a lot of things are going through your head it's only been four years since I started training here. Wow. And it's only been two years since I decided that I wanted to coach here. And I was like thinking back on, okay, where were you four years ago? What was going on? What was it that changed your mind to change your career, to uproot everything that you'd built, to go and start fresh and to, to do something else? And I was trying to put my finger on what it was. And I couldn't figure out any single thing. It was all the little things at JB's. It was, it was Tiora's energy. It was your authority. It was Paulie's connectiveness. It was members knowing your name. It was all of that that drove me to want to change what I was doing and take a step into starting a career in something that I was actually passionate about. Tell us what you were doing prior to that. So... I worked in sales. I worked quite a few different jobs in sales, but the last thing I was doing is I was flogging toilets for Reese. So I was selling bathrooms to people. Right on. Yeah. Like in a in a showroom? More in like a, a business to business sort of aspect, right? Okay. So I would I would get contracts from bathroom designers and companies like that that were either building these mega mansions in Vaucluse and areas like that, or they were building big bathrooms for museums and stuff like that. Right. I would do little houses here and there as well and projects like that, but I was mainly doing bigger stuff. How many toilets some of these mansions in Vaucluse have? <laughs> Eight, I think was a big one. Oh, man. Eight, that's a lot of toilets, isn't the, it? The fuck. Some of the like decadence that goes into these bathrooms is insane. I remember once we were doing a, a bathroom for this big old house and they, they ordered a $20,000 stone bath. Wow. And this thing, and there are more expensive ones than that, but that's just the bath, right? And this thing weighed 150 kilos. It took right. four of us, including myself, because obviously the truck drivers wouldn't take it up the stairs yep. <laughs> to move this huge fucking stone bath. What kind of stone is it? Man-made. Oh, right. Yeah, it's not even like a proper stone. Like yeah. the, some of the, the more rare stone ones are even more expensive than that. 
some cut from some blood diamond like marble friggin mineral that yep. yeah <laughs> has broken the backs of the people who cut it out of the yeah, earth exactly traveled halfway right. across the globe <laughs> fucking hell what yeah. about um tell me about the japanese toilets yeah there's always been a fascination of yeah. one anyone that's ever used a japanese toilet i think can attest <laughs> amazing piece of technology amazing piece of technology was this something that you ever saw creeping into those kind of higher end places yeah. the the was... old wogs love their japanese toilets ah, you did get they? the old greek man coming in with a toilet seat that hasn't been disinfected handing it over to you and be i want one of these and it's like his old converted japanese toilet seat ah okay yeah. so i don't think they ever will be a mainstream thing in Oz, but there's definitely a niche of people who like them. You think culturally it's just a bit too distant for us? I think we're a bit we're a bit taboo about that sort of stuff in Oz, right? We don't like to talk about a few of the yucky things and to us that's a yucky thing and we're like, oh, just sweep that under the rug. It's true. It's so funny, isn't it? Because, yeah, there's like a... It's like a cleanliness kind of hygiene thing and you don't talk about whatever, but... It's like the ultimate in cleanliness and hygiene. Yeah, and like, more efficient and, and waste. Yeah. waste. Everything about it is better. Yeah. Yeah, it's such a funny thing. I aspire to one day have such a toilet in my house. Okay, well, when you're ready, let me know and I'll, I'll help you out. Yeah, right on. <laughs> okay, so you're doing the thing for Reese, And then um, I remember when you first came in, I was talking to Chloe about it this morning, actually. Okay, cool. Yeah, we, were having, we had a, a coffee and... Um, your name came up and I was like, oh, I remember. I was like, did you hear when I meant, um, I think I mentioned it on the show about when you first came in and I, you know, quick recap, you were so enthusiastic and I think you'd just done a class of mine on a Friday night or something. Yep. And no, maybe it was a midweek, like a Thursday or a Wednesday. It was a, a Monday. Okay. It yeah. was a Monday. It came for Monday, S&M and, and Jungle Nastics. Right on. Yeah. The, the OG bodyweight program. Yeah. And um, I met, you were just so frothy. And you were so enthusiastic and so positive, right? All beautiful qualities. Yep. And I, you know, being a, a jaded, <laughs> embittered coach and business owner, I was like, this guy's not going to make it here. <laughs> like generally anyone that showed up that was like 110% in is usually too good to be true. Yep. And so, I, you know, like I said to you in the past, I'm like, ah, oh, he's not going to make it. And, you know, I've also said that you've continually proved me wrong ever since that day. <laughs> it's actually one of my favorite stories to tell the coaches. <laughs> the new coaches as they come in, I'm like, and Joey doubted me. <laughs> and Fully. I've done it all because of that. Day. <laughs> it's like resentment builds a whole career just out of resentment. No, it's not at all. <laughs> uh, fuck, get, get the motivation where <laughs> exactly, you can, right? right? But yeah, it's, it's, you know, I mean, to, to talk on that for folks, it's like, you know, you have this gym, people come to it and... You always have this conversation with someone. They do your class and you really hope that they've seen the value in yep. it and the, the, the value in your approach and the space as a whole and the culture that you've created. So you always have this conversation. Oh, how was that? Did you enjoy it? Are you interested to do more? And usually you get, I don't know, you get varying responses from people. Yeah. It's generally positive. But, you know, people are like, yeah, yeah, I really dug it. Yeah, I'd be, you know, keen to know a bit more about how the memberships work. That So that's like not super committal, but it's like, yeah, I'm, I'm interested. Yeah. But when you get someone that's like, I'm in, this is me. Yep, I'm back tomorrow. Um, and I remember like we'd spoken about your training history and you've been doing like a lot of bodybuilding type yep. stuff. So even that, the fact that you were like, oh, no, I'm done with that now. I want fight, lift, move. You know, even that, I was like, oh, this guy's what? He's just going to uproot his he's whole... He's a drifter. Yeah, yeah, like, you know, I'm like, we're probably never going to see him again. Yeah, I see what you mean because it's like a level of commitment, right? 
people who um and are and question the thing, you're like, okay, this guy's actually thinking about it. And you do see it. And I know what you mean now because I'm in your role. Sales <laughs> right? You get people who who say, I'm all in for everything, right? And they overcommit and underdeliver. Yeah. And that happens. It's chronic with humans, right? We, we want to be 100% on everything. And if we're not 100%, we're 0%. So they go so quickly from that 100% to the next bright, shiny thing comes past. And they're like, okay, that's the thing now. Yeah. Yeah, it's true. So anyway, it was a breath of fresh air <laughs> for, for an embittered old coach. Yes. Um, so then tell me what, you know, so tell me then, you, so, you know, you became a member. Mm. What then took you to, you know, how did, your, how did you then become the guy that would become the coach and that whole thing? Because yeah. I'm guessing at that stage you weren't thinking about a career change. No, no. I was pretty happy where I was. The company I was working for, Reese, was a good company. I was making pretty good dosh. Everything was going good. Um, yeah, I had no intention of changing careers. I just wanted to find something more out of what I was doing with my training. As time went on and as I was spending more time in the place and getting to know the people though, um, more and more I wanted to be here, more and more. And it got to the point where all my friends were referring to JB's as Dylan's cult, right? And it started off as a, as a thing where I was like, oh, fuck these guys. And then it turned into this thing where I'm like, no, nah, they're probably a little bit right. <laughs> I'm talking about it all the time. I'm trying to convince people to join. Um, everything about my life, it started to resonate with this place, right? And then... You mentioned you got that big JB tattoo on yeah, your back, right? It's that right. You got the little portrait of me, T, and Paul on the inside of the bicep, and then there's the the other JB tat on the left side of the butt cheek. That's right. right. Yeah, last coaches' dinners, we all <laughs> got matching. <Yeah. laughs> um, and then yeah, it was. I think there was. We went on a trip. I actually went on a, a retreat with you yep. to Bali, and we were doing a lot of like meditation and reflection during that trip. And during that reflection, I realized how much of my life had been intertwined with JB's. And I realized that I was happy with that. And in fact, I wanted it to keep going that way. I wanted to share what you guys had done with me with other people. I wanted to facilitate that same thing. So I I spoke to you on that trip. Mm -hmm. We had a little chat about it. And then about three weeks after we got back, you mentioned the internship. And I'm like, okay. I'll shift things around and I'll give this a go and see where it goes. Yeah, I do remember that. That trip to Bali was Camillo came with you? Yeah. His missus came as well yeah, at the time? Yeah, his missus at the time. Yeah. What did we do? Five days, six days or something? Yeah, something like that. With Josh and Casey doing the breath stuff and the meditation. Yeah, that was sick. Yeah, it was good. Was that um, Beck, Beck and Sylvia were at that one too? No. Or was that the, they, they were at the, the one, one before? Prior. Yeah. Okay, cool. I did crash with the other Beck that you know. Ah, yes, yes, of course. Yeah, Beck, last name evades me right now. Yeah, lovely yes. girl, Leichhardt. Yeah. All right, sick. So then that was a bit of a pivotal thing. And so really that was, that's interesting that you, you sort of, you took your experience and you wanted to facilitate that for others. Yeah. I mean, I, maybe that's not so, I guess that's maybe potentially what a lot of PTs kind of coaches end up wanting to do isn't it i think it comes from if you have a good experience right if you've had a bad experience with a pt or a coach obviously that's not going to happen i also think it comes a bit from and i've figured this out in later years but for me a big part of my why and what i do is i enjoy educating even when i was in my my other roles working as a manager the thing that would get really get me excited and that I'd get the most enjoyment out of wasn't necessarily my own success, but it was getting to teach other people how to do something well and seeing them succeed. Mm. 
So that was probably a big part of it, even though at the time I wasn't as aware of it. Yeah, makes sense. And so then what was that stage of the journey like? The, 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 the internship, which is now the intensive, mm-hmm. but at that stage the internship was 12 weeks. 12 weeks. You come in once a week, we sit yeah. down. It was, was it an hour or was it 30 minutes? It was an hour and then the meets, but I couldn't do the meets. So I was only there for the, the one day. Right. Yeah, it was the hour and then you sit in on the coaches' meetings. Yeah. That's right. Um, for 12 weeks covering different topics, all the stuff that's now compressed yep. into the coaches' intensive over two days. Um, talk to me about what that was like for you. Terrifying to start with, right? Um, I know I can give off this super confident personality a lot of the time, but there was a lot of self-doubt throughout that. Um, I was doing it with some people who were already coaching, some people who weren't. Nikki was in mine and she was already doing the thing. We had Rob come from overseas and he was already... Uh, Dutch Rob. Pretty um, on his movement journey, right? He could do yep. a lot more than me at the time. And then there was Sophie and Luffy who were both... Well, Sophie was already working here. Luffy was like a mover that I saw doing really good. So there was that bit of self-doubt there as well. Yeah. Um, but as I went through the journey, more and more it was confirming that this is what I wanted to do. As I, I learned about the gym's ethos, all the things that like we at JB stand for and the level of quality we expect out of everything we do, that resonated on a deeper level and I got to see behind the curtain. Oh, that's really cool. It's Man, it's so cool to, to be taken back. I don't know. I've run a bunch since yeah. then and I, I lose track of like the different generations. Mm. But I remember that one. You guys got me a sweet gift at the end. Yeah, I think so we, we got you a red balloon voucher to go out for dinner Yes, you meat. did. Yes, you did. Yeah. And I still have those sitting there, the little cards. <laughs> um, but yeah, it's really cool because, uh, I mean, I haven't seen Luffy for a little while, but everyone's doing I saw Rob went and opened a gym. Yep. I don't know if he's still got it. It looks I like it might have closed, unfortunately. Uh, but Sophie's working here now. Yeah. You know, like cool, Nikki's obviously, uh, you know, like an all-star coach here. Um, it's so cool the way that, you know, whatever, wherever that, that experience of the internship sits on people's journey, uh, it's cool to see where they go after that. Yeah, the JB alumni and how they they all started as just members, right? Like so many of the, the people that a lot of our newer tribe members won't know, or have only known as coaches, started exactly where they are now. That's a great point. Yeah, who did we who did we have come through there? Chiron. Yep. Nikki, as we mentioned. Yep. Myself, Haley, Sophie. Haley, Sophie. Chloe. The Chloe sort of started coaching first and then Beforehand. caught up. Yep. Yeah. I guess likewise with uh, with Ryan and Ash. Well, if you think about it, Joe was a member first too. Joe before was she a mem- started coaching. Yeah, she was. Yeah. Um, yeah, quite incredible, isn't it? Yeah. And so. Uh, what what's what's happening there where like do you remember what catalyzes or what's the thing that makes you go oh like i want to do this now or is it kind of you know do you have moments where it's like hey i'm really enjoying this training experience i want to work here i want to make this my thing or does it not happen in a kind of acute way like that? And is it just something that over time I think come it's the, to a realization? It's the, it's the over time, right? Like it's it's little things that add up to a big thing. I was another thing I was thinking about when I was writing my speech. It's it's little things like I've got this memory of my third class, Carl coming up to me when I was like didn't know anyone and just asking if I wanted to partner up with him. Things like that, right? 
I've got another memory of like the first time I tried one of Nando's dips. Right, like it's little things, and it's the little like the the dips that he makes yeah, for the parties and stuff for all the parties. Right, right it's all those little he's memories. Master. He's the dip master. Yeah, but it's all those like one percent memories that all put together made me want to change to be a bigger part of this thing that was providing me with so many of these like core memories in my life. I'm like, if I can be that core memory and provide that for one other person, it's totally worth it for me to make this change. How interesting. Talk to me about the, like, so on that, you mentioned in your previous job, you were getting paid quite well. Mm -hmm. Obviously, when you jump into coaching, generally the money's not very flashy to begin with. (laughs) Um, You know, how 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 has that been for you? Has that been a a significant thing? Yeah, it's, look, I, I, I was at a place where I was pretty lucky. I've got a partner who works as well, so we have two incomes, but also... I'd saved up a significant amount of money before I made the change so that I felt a bit more secure. That being said, about a week after I left my job, we had the first lockdown. So (laughs) I went from like, okay, I'll have a little bit of income to, oh shit, I've literally got like no money coming in. Wow, yeah. How am I going to survive? And that's kind of been the story for the last two years. Hey, it's been a, a constant battle of being financially stable again and then being like, oh crap, where's the money coming from now? You think that that at this point, the lockdowns that we experienced, what, a year ago, still influence that? Or do you think that it's just now, it's the coaching thing where it's like revenue, you know, income goes up and I down? I don't think it's affecting my income anymore, but I can see how it's infect, affecting the climate behind coaching as a whole, right? Because people got more used to working with coaches overseas they got more used to doing things by themselves so the nature of a face-to-face pt became a lot less conventional yeah still think that most people would always prefer that but a lot of the expectations around it changed yeah yeah fair yeah it's interesting the kind of a bit of a digression but the, the how the training thing sort of shifted during covid for obvious reasons um but it also didn't change in the way I think a lot of people were expecting that the fitness industry would be like reformed or yeah. completely remodeled coming out of COVID uh, or coming out of the period of lockdowns. And it hasn't at all. I don't know if you saw, but Peloton, who were that, that enormous company, they, their, their stock price plummeted recently because they did so well during COVID. Apparently, they made a whole bunch of extra investment, big scaling, um, and it didn't like the market didn't meet what they projected the market yep. was going to do, and so they've just I, I don't you know I'm still going, but they've had a fucking hard time. Yeah, they're just fascinating, right? Damn, I wonder if like Zoom and stuff has had the same sort of thing happen because I know like I don't use it as much as I was, and yeah, but did Zoom even invest much more? Who know? Well, they I know they released a bunch of new features. It just depends how much that cost them to do, yeah. right? That's cool. That's fascinating. I mean, they might have just nailed it. They might have gone, hey, we'll drip feed a couple of little features out. But yep. whatever, somehow Zoom became a household name overnight. Yeah. Um, they didn't try to change anything radically, at least from what I could tell. Yeah. Uh, whereas I think companies like Peloton and stuff did. They're like, all right, we're going to double down on this. Yeah. Because we're going we're gonna to put big money in. We're going to be the new thing. Yeah. Didn't come back. All right. So we did the internship. And so you came into that feeling a little bit sort of, out of your depth? Yeah. Did you finish that feeling 
confident and yeah, secure in, or was I there still doubt? I definitely finished the thing feeling like I could, I could do it, right? Like I'm like, okay, I feel like I can jump into some classes and I can start coaching. I think I came to you about two weeks out from finishing and I'm like, hey, I want to make this a thing. How do we actually make it a thing? Is there any openings? Like what's the next step? Um, and then at, luckily at the time, Al was thinking about coming off some classes and it just worked out super well and I started jumping into some AM classes. Wow, you did too. Yeah. What's the deal? Uh, you would have taken that as a head coach role in those classes. Yeah, yeah. So we didn't get to be as nice to our new coaches as we are now where we've got such a big coaching team and we start them a little bit easier. It went from a couple of co-coaching roles in the internship to, all right, this is yours now. Has that no lube kind of approach? Uh, exactly, right? Trial by fire. <laughs> That's what makes the universal soldier. <laughs> <laughs> um yeah, that's an interesting one. There's a there's a there's a, a tip in that for for gym owners or for people who are thinking about owning a gym, whereby it's really not an ideal situation to take uh, to remove a coach that's that's well entrenched within a given time slot, yep. and then just chuck a new coach in. Yeah, uh, we've always been really hesitant to do that after making the mistake many times in our early years, and we realized, fuck, there actually needs to be a period of introduction the, the the new coach the incoming coach needs to have status within the tribe yeah and the easiest way to get that is for them to be part of it so train in the classes be part of the community and then as you transition into becoming a coach all of your peers are aware of that and supportive of it so then when you step in front of them they're like stoked to see one they're of their in own corner, right? yeah has like has you know whatever scaled the ranks or made a transition yeah and um like they also have seen your progress along the way. They've that, like the amount of conversations I've had with people that I had no idea were watching what I was doing and they come up and like, man, it's been so inspiring to watch you go from this to this and or learn how to do these movements and things that I don't necessarily reflect on myself being brought to my attention by these people that like I, I've seen as idols when I first started training here. It's really cool. That is cool. So what was the deal then? Um, were you, did you quit your job and go full-time here? No, I was working full-time there and then part-time here. So I was working like a 70-hour week. I'd come coach the morning two or three times a week at that stage. So I'd get here at 5.30, coach until 8, and then go work my other job. Wow. And then come back and coach the next morning. Yeah, okay. Yeah. How long did you have to do that for? Six months. Yeah. Yeah. And then what made you confident enough to say, all right, just one job now, I'm at the gym? Uh, this whole time I'd been talking with T and we'd been talking finances, right? So we were coming up with a plan of like, if coaching this many classes and taking this many PTs, then structurally I could afford to come and be here full time. And you guys were starting, we didn't know it back then, but starting the process of the alliance. So there was more space for someone to come and do an admin role at the gym too. Yeah. something that I was pretty confident in my ability to do. So we started to lay out, well, I can give you this many admin hours as well throughout the week if that helps. And then over time, as we hit those markers, like, oh, okay, now I'm coaching five classes and this is getting me X amount and I'm doing this amount of admin and I have two PTs. All right, let's make the call. Yeah, okay. Yeah, that's a really important one. A few coaches often ask that. Yeah. Or aspiring coaches ask, like, how do I make that transition? And I think... It's a good point to mention there. Like, you need to sit down, ideally with someone who's who's sort of in the game, or done it, 
Yeah, and you got to like lay out, all right, well, how much money do you need to make? Like what's survival? Where would you like to be ideally? What are you going to be looking at once you like, if you quit your old job or like if there's a split, a couple of days a week at your old job, rest of the week coaching, what's that look like? All right, take the old job out of the equation. What's what full-time coaching? Like? And then it's like, all right, I mean, the beauty of PT relevant to that conversation is you can just pick up a couple of, like if you can use a couple of PT sessions to supplement your income, then you usually, like you have that freedom. Yeah. So, you know, whatever PT session, say it's a hundred bucks an hour. You go, well, like I'm a little bit short, but if I can get another four PT sessions across the week, that's 400 bucks. I should be pretty good. I'm quite, quite fortunate in terms of the, the gig in that you can sort yeah. of manipulate it like you that. You can definitely like decide how much work you're willing to do. And if you want those PTs, they're out there. But I think a big part of it is also you've got to accept that you've got to go to, as Ido says, the dark place, right? There's going to be a time where you're overworked and a little bit exhausted. And I think that's just part of it, right? Because any transition is going to be a time of stress. Yeah, that's absolutely true. I don't know. I tend to think that you're, you're going to hit that point, that sort of darkness, even if you were getting paid all right, yeah. aren't you? Like any new job, any transition where your routine is is shifted around, where you're going for work, the people you like, all that stuff, it, it's taxing. Always a part of the process. Yeah, it's yeah, it's tough, and I think we probably most people don't. We tend not to give it enough uh, kind of value until you're in the middle of it, and you're like, oh fuck, this is so hard. <laughs> yeah, very true. So you did the internship, started the coaching piece, and then. What was the next milestone from there? Started doing admin for the gym too, uh-huh. right? So slowly I was integrating into the office, spending a little bit of time here with you boys working as like the gym assistant. Yep. Um, the gym bitch. Let's be real. <laughs> Just doing whatever needed to be done um, from orders, stock to sweeping the deck to whatever it was. Um, and that slowly turned into more and more responsibility and taking over the five-minute Friday from you when you went on holidays or helping you out with the Instagram or doing things for Tiora, starting to do some foundations when he couldn't, things like that. Washing T's car, washing T's the house. car, babysitting Paul's kids. Of course, know, all yeah. The stuff, standard gym stuff, <laughs> all that basic stuff. Um, yeah, and over time, as more and more responsibility was handed on to me, uh, you boys started to realize that there was less and less for you to do, right? It got to a point where I think T put it best. We were top heavy. There was four people running a gym that was confidently being run by three people before yeah which was already top heavy and you know like it's, it doesn't lend itself to three it should be two right yeah. or one and a bit well and also it just left nothing for the coaches to aspire to in a sense right it's like yeah. okay so i build up my pt business i get to a point where i'm financially stable and then i stop or like what's next where do i go from here yeah yeah that was that was a very um enlightening conversation we had i remember when he when he said the top heavy thing and so the the solution of that realization was to get rid of some of the people at the top yeah which at the time was myself and t wasn't it yeah uh well at the time i think it was just t to start right nah he 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 threw me under the bus straight away okay Yeah, he said in that meeting he's like joe sorry this this (laughs) might not sit well with you but this is what i honestly think uh, he's like, I'm going to be going up north soon anyway. Uh, we've got this alliance thing we need to build. Um, Paulie's just sort of on the, on, the, on the up curve with his coaching career. So makes sense that 
Paul stays here. Dylan helps him, and the two of us fuck off. And I was like, I was actually really excited by that. Yeah, I was like, oh, mad. Yeah, because I'd kind of, you know, whatever. The next chapter. Yeah, I wanted to. I wanted to change. I think it's that same thing. Like I said, like for the coaches, they're like, what's next, and applies to you guys too. Yeah, yeah. That's uh, okay. Cool. So then, at that point, that was where you stepped into like, all right, well, I'm gonna kind of help run this ship. Yeah. Yeah. So came the the gym manager started helping Paul on a day to day basis, doing pretty much everything I was doing before. Um, but then slowly adding even more to it. So rather than helping you cover things, taking over the Instagram, taking over sales from Tiora, um, taking over probably too many things to start with, to be real. Yep. Um, but yeah, it was good. It, it gave me a chance to find what I was good at. And I think it gave Paul a chance to realize what he was good at too, because he'd sort of had to fill the space that you and Tiora left behind rather than to discover where his strong suits actually lied. Yeah. Yeah, I would say the same. I mean, you know, and this applies to you too, but talking on Paul specifically, I mentioned to him the other day how, like, how amazing it's been to watch him evolve Yeah, since that time where T and I stepped out. Because it really does. It's like you don't, you don't realize all the little things that each person is contributing to the place yep. until they're not. Yep. And then you're like, fuck. And so it leaves it then on the shoulders of the people who are doing the thing, you and Paulie. Um, which is the great, you know, which is the greatest opportunity, right? Like I think for, again, speaking to a gym owner, you're like, if everything's covered, then there's, there's no opportunity for anyone to step into yeah, something. You exactly. have to almost force people out or force them to move, move on and, and develop so that those opportunities can come up. And I totally think that's where businesses fail, right? Like you get comfortable, you're happy with where you're at and you stop trying to change or seek innovation and then, people start to notice that nothing's changed. Okay, another year goes past, nothing's changed, everything's the same, and then slowly you just start going backwards. So then that's kind of where it is at present day, right? Yeah, well, there's some more changes happening as well. We got Paulie sort of stepping into a, a more we do. advisory role and me sort of stepping into running the place pretty much completely now. Okay, yeah. So what's what's that looking like in these in these early kind of days discussions? Yeah, so role-wise, not much has changed, but it just means that more of the day-to-day running of the gym has been left to me. Um, Paulie's not here on Tuesdays anymore and he's not coaching classes anymore as well. Well, he is at the moment, but he won't be at all very soon. So it's more like me being the face and voice of the tribe in the classes and everything there, as well as being the guy that's in charge of if shit hits the fan on any given day, I'm the guy that's here. Yeah, right. That's pretty cool. Yeah. He'll be spending time, obviously, over at Jungle 5 Doc. Hoo-hoo, yes. Which, well, I don't know, what's that? That's in the beginning of December, so that's like a couple of weeks away. Yep. Right, so he'll be over there a couple of days a week. That's kind of his work from home sort of days. He yep. can now be at that gym. Um, and then still over here, but less involved with the actual running of the place. Yeah, less involved and slowly over time, I'll start to take on a few more of his roles and then hopefully seek someone from the current coaching team to step into some of my roles. Yeah, okay. How are you feeling about all that? Yeah, good. I actually feel the more it happens, the better I feel about it. And honestly, it we went we were talking about a trial by fire before. That's what COVID was, right? Me and Paul got handed the keys to this place and then everything got thrown at us we spent two years trying to survive and ever since then everything's felt not easy but doable 
Yeah. Right. We 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 we're just used to rolling with the punches by now. I think. Yeah. Yeah. What was it? The. It was the sec. It was the second lockdown when. So that transition happened between the two lockdowns here in Sydney, didn't they? Yeah. Yeah. Because um, I was involved in the first one, and then in the second one, I was like, "There's nothing." Uh, it's all on you guys now. Yeah. I was like, "Sweet." Yeah. Yeah. Cool. Yeah. That was that was a big one actually because that second lockdown was much longer than anticipated yeah and i think it it, i don't know in a way like the situation was a bit more dire it was well i think people had just gotten sick of being at home and trying to work out during zoom everyone went a little zoom crazy yeah everyone had just gotten these privileges back and was super appreciative that they'd been able to do things and then boom it was taken away again so looking back on that for you and obviously it's a story that's still unfolding yes um what do you, you know, what are some reflections or like, you know, if you're if you know, thinking about someone listening that's perhaps like, oh, fuck, like, you know, say in this last intensive we did, yeah, there's been, you know, two or three people who have explicitly said to me, hey, I want to work in the gym. And I think that they would look at, or they would listen to this story of yours and think, fuck yeah, like that's super inspiring. Maybe they don't want to do the exact same thing but like that that idea of like okay i'm in and then i'm just i'm upgrading constantly you got any reflections or anything that you'd share kind of looking back on it yeah i think you said a real good one when you said if you want to be a part of this community you've got to be a part of this community when someone comes in now and they're like i want to be a coach it's to me it's almost a necessity that they come and be a member for at least three months beforehand you want to have people who trust you and are in your corner and who have come to love you from training with you and experiencing life with you rather than just jumping straight into a coaching role. Uh, Another one is don't wait to take action, right? There was, if I started doing this, so I was following JB's probably for two or three years before I even reached out to you guys, right? Wow. If I'd reached out two or three years ago, imagine how much further along it could be. Maybe, who knows, maybe I wouldn't have appreciated it as much as well. There's all these ifs, buts and whys, but on reflection, I wish I didn't hesitate and I'd started taking action sooner. So if you've got something you want to go for, start it. It doesn't have to be that you're taking the big steps and you're leaving your other job, but maybe you're starting your Cert 3 or you're starting your Cert 4 or you're just starting a conversation with me and coming up and saying, hey, eventually this is something I'd like to do. Mm. Yeah, I think being an action taker is very characteristic of you. Is that something that you... Did you learn to be that way? Or did you cultivate it? Or has it just kind of always been part of who you are? Both my parents are really inactive, right? Um, they don't take action. They're both kind of like the people who complain about life and blame everyone else. And I think that it's come as a juxtaposition of that, right? Like watching people sit in inactivity and talk about how good their life could be if so-and-so had did done something instead made me never want to have other people that I needed to be, it's this person's fault. I didn't do this. I wanted to always be the guy who took action and took responsibility for what was going on around me. Uh, Cool. Well, well done, man. It sounds like you were able to recognize perhaps a, a trait that you didn't want to have. Yeah. And so then you, 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 you know, you intentionally cultivated the opposite. Yeah. Which is very impressive. 
it's all on reflection, mate. It's all because I could work at JB's so that I realized all this too. Fuck, see, Universal Soldier, man. Yeah. <laughs> and if you too want to be part of the Universal Soldier program. <laughs> have you seen Universal Soldier, by the way? I have, yeah. Right. Mate, you know I'm all about those 80s, 90s movies. Right, fuck, it's sick. <laughs> My brother said he watched number three the other day, I think. Which I didn't is even on, know there was a number three. He, he, he said Van Damme's in it and Dolph Lundgren are in it oh. again. But he was like, no shit, it, it was actually too gory he's like i had to turn it off it was disgusting okay which is big for my bro because we watched a lot of shit yeah um you know so i don't know call that a movie recommendation if you want um d boss where can people find you and find your stuff you can find me on ig under jb dills or just follow jungle brothers on ig as well that's me too or just come into the gym and do a damn class stop making excuses get down here we got the Christmas party coming up tomorrow, which is the time when you realize you fucked up because you didn't train here. I'm already getting messages about FOMO. Really? Yeah. Great. Yeah, cool. More of that. So look, guys, I think the big takeaway from this one is get a membership so that you can attend the party next year. Yep. <laughs> Dills, thanks, bro. Thank you, brother. Cheers, fam. We'll see you next week. Oh, hey, if you dug the episode, please share it with a friend. Let them know about the podcast. It would mean a lot to us. Thank you.